listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. This is what I'm getting ready to teach on, I think, Far more people should be talking about what I'm about to tell you because um, this element that we're going to deal with uh, is such a, an essential element in the kingdom. It literally can determine whether or not you succeed in what God has called you to do. And, um, and, and I'll, I'll say this, a couple of things I've already put out that have these elements in it further faster uh, on impartation is something where I teach on what I'm getting ready to teach about today. But also, if you didn't know, from Miracle Word Church, we put out what we call the Miracle Word Church Culture Guide. And this just gives an outline of the nine things that uh, our ministry is based upon, the nine uh, mindsets that our ministry is based upon. It's our culture. And um, and I'm going to deal with it today. Thanks, Pam. (laughs) And and so I want you to share this because it's so vital about If you're going to move forward in the kingdom, if you're going to see overwhelming success, if you're going to see God use you to do mighty things in whatever area you're called, it's going to take this this element that I'm getting ready to touch. But here's what I've I've found. It's not just one dimensional. It's really three dimensional. It's a three dimensional uh, thing. And, And if people do talk about this, they usually only really reference one of the three dimensions of this uh, biblical principle. And if you're taking notes and are putting it in the comments, I want you to write this down and pop it in the comments. Um, write this super, let me see, let me see how, I would, how I would word it. Because, in fact, let me, say, let me say it a different way. Let me say it this way. Internal, let's use that word, internal honor. I want to say it that way because the Lord showed me something that I had never seen before in the word that, um, it changed, it changed even the way that I I view this. And he took me to a passage of scripture where I'm going to take you in a moment, but put it in the comments, internal honor, internal honor. Um, this area of honor, people People act like it's, it's like some small thing. It is a massive thing. And I'm going to show you that from the scripture today, but I want to show you how it bleeds over into every other area of your life, bleeds over into everything you do for the Lord, what you can do for the Lord, how far he can take you, whether or not his hand can be upon you, whether or not the manifestations of Christ can even be in your life and your family. And, uh, there's a reason that, I put internal honor, internal honor. Um, and I'll take you to Isaiah 29 because I want you to, uh, to see it from this perspective. Isaiah chapter 29. And let me read you the, um, let me read you the 13th verse. If you're taking those notes, that's the reference. Isaiah 29, 13. And, um, This is the Lord speaking. It says, and the Lord said, the Lord said, because this people draw near with their mouth, watch this, and honor me with their lips, 
while their hearts are far from me and their fear of me is a commandment taught by men. Therefore, behold, I will again do wonderful things with this people, with wonder upon wonder, and the wisdom of their wise men shall perish, and the discernment of their discerning shall be hidden. Do you see that? It's really a judgment. It's a judgment. Notice what he said again. I will again do wonderful things, meaning I'll do wonders among the people with wonder upon wonder, and the wisdom of their wise men shall perish, and the discernment of their discerning shall be hidden. He said, these people, they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far, far from me. That's the um, ESV. Let me read it to you here as well. In the New Living Translation, listen to this. And so the Lord says, these people say they're mine, They honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me and their worship of me is nothing but man-made rules. Nothing but, it's it's like, oh, we just do it because that's what we've always done. It's it's a tradition. It's a man-made rule, but their hearts are far from me. It's just something that's lip service. They say it, they say it, but they don't mean it. It's not in their heart. It's just coming out of their mouth. This is why the Lord began to show me, and as I was writing this book as well, further, faster, the Lord began to show me about this principle of internal honor, internal honor. So what is the Lord saying? I don't want people just to honor me with their lips. I want people to honor me from their hearts. That means something inside, something inside three areas. And I want you to catch this today. Three areas where we have to use honor and these matter greatly. That's why I said it's three dimensional. It's not one dimensional. It's three-dimensional. Number one, and then, I'll, and then I'm going to break them down. Number one is we honor, above all, God and his word. So put that in the comments. Number one, we honor God and his word above anything else. Nothing gets more honor than God and his word. Nothing. That is the top of the top of the top. And it's for every Christian, that should be the goal. That should be the goal. We honor God and his word. So put that in as number one. Number two, we honor others. Now here's the trap. Some people only honor others who they perceive to be above them, right? They only honor others who they perceive to be above them. So for example, I honor my pastor. I honor my spiritual father. I honor, you know, those in authority, rulers. But that's not what the Bible teaches, That's not what the Bible teaches. And I'm telling you, this is where, I'm going to show you the verses in just a moment. This is where many people, the whole honor thing breaks down. It breaks down and they miss out on the blessings of God. And then number three, and this is important, you've got to honor yourself. Now, I'm not talking about being in pride either. I'm talking about, and I'll I'll explain it in this broadcast. Number three, you've got to honor yourself. You know, and I'll just give you a, a, a snippet there. Don't forget that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So there is a certain amount of honor that has to go toward yourself 
Otherwise, you're even doing a disservice to the Holy Spirit who dwells within you. So can you see the three-dimensional aspect of this now? I honor God and his word above all else. I honor others and I've got to honor myself. I've got to honor myself. I'll break, I'll break those down in just a minute. But obviously, if you want to, let's start at the top. We honor God. We honor his word above all other things. Well, how do, here's the question. How do we honor God? How do we honor his word? The way that we honor God and honor his word is by obeying it. There's no question about that. That is the answer. How do we honor God? How do we honor his word? By obeying his word. And again, that verse of scripture that I've taught you so many times in uh, the gospel of John, this, I think this is the greatest verse of scripture to show this principle in all of the new Testament. Because Jesus is speaking about this um, principle, and he's being very clear. He says, whoever has my commandments and keeps them, that means obeys them, he it is who loves me. Jesus is saying, that's the proof of your love. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. So again, notice your honor of God and his word is going to determine whether or not he can manifest himself in your life. That's what Jesus is saying. Not only will my father love him, I will love him and I will manifest or another translation, I'll reveal myself to him. Look, here's an interesting verse along the same lines. First Samuel chapter two. Now we're transitioning to the Old Testament. First Samuel chapter two. But remember, God doesn't change. His nature doesn't change. Good morning, Danielle. His nature doesn't change. His character doesn't change. He does not change. You know why the Lord was irritated in this passage? Because of Eli's household. They were supposed to be priests of God, but they were defiling the temple. They were taking other people, the people's offerings for themselves. I mean, all kinds of things. And this is what, Uh, The Bible says in 1 Samuel 2 and verse 30, for the reference. 1 Samuel 2, verse 30. Therefore, the Lord, the God of Israel, declares, I promised that your house and the house of your father should go in and out before me forever. But now the Lord declares, far be it from me. For those who honor me, I will honor and those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Get that in your spirit. Those who honor me, I will honor. Those who despise me will be lightly esteemed. Listen to this. Listen to the uh, New Living Translation, same passage. But I will honor those who honor me And I will despise those who think lightly of me. Think about that. I will honor those who honor me and I will despise those who think lightly of me. That's how God's interacting. New English translation. I will honor those who honor me, but those who despise me will be cursed. Hoswe, good to see you. Did you hear that? 
That's the New English translation, the Net Bible. I will honor those who honor me, says the Lord, but those who despise me will be cursed. So no matter how you look at it, ESV, those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. New Living Translation, I will despise those who think lightly of me. New English Translation, I will honor those who honor me. I will despise, those who despise me will be cursed. So there's, an, uh, there's this element of honor toward God. And he said, when you honor me, I will honor you. When you honor me, I will honor you. If you despise me, if you esteem me lightly, you'll be cursed. I will despise you. Right? Uh, let, let me look real quickly at another translation. Let's look at the Amplified Classic. Listen to this. Um, those who honor me, I'll honor. Those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. So it sounds very much like the ESV. Again, Legacy Standard Bible. Uh, those who despise me will be cursed. Very interesting, isn't it? NIV. Those who despise me will be disdained. So you can see what God's saying in all these different English translations is that you'll get from me what you give to me. Think about that. You'll get from me what you give to me. That's the same system of seed time and harvest. What did, he, what did God say to his people in the book of James? Draw near unto me and I will draw near unto you. Notice it's our responsibility to draw near first. We're drawing near in honor. If you'll draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. That's what the Lord said in the book of James. Hebrews eleven six, He said, I am a rewarder of who? Of who? Those that diligently seek me. That's honor. If you're diligently seeking God, that's honorable to him. I'm coming after you, Lord, because I want your uh, ways. I want, I want to keep your commandments. I want your anointing. I want your power to be manifested in my life. So I'm seeking after you with my whole heart. And he told Jeremiah, you will find me when you seek after me with your whole heart. I'm a rewarder of those that diligently seek me, right? So the honor that we have for God, it is only displayed in our obedience to his word. That is the key. And that is paramount. That's number one above all. Number one above all. That's why, listen to what he said to his Old Testament people. You know this verse. Deuteronomy 28, verse one. And if you faithfully obey the voice of the Lord your God, being careful to do all his commandments that I command you today, the Lord your God will set you on high above all the nations of the earth. And then it goes on to to list the blessings. And the blessings, and the blessings, and the blessings. What did that result from? Them honoring God from their obedience. He said, if you obey me, if you honor me and keep my commandments, I'll set you on high above all the nations of the earth. Hallelujah. It's It's true, the Old Testament, New Testament, same principle. If we honor God through obedience to his written word, he will honor us. But if we despise him by saying your word doesn't matter, your word, your word, is not important to me. Then it brings a curse upon your life. It brings uh, you into a place where God, uh, the Bible says, disdains you or lightly esteems you. Let me tell you, God's favor is not the same on everybody. I'm sure you've noticed that. God's favor is not the same on everybody. There are some that he greatly favors and there are others that do not experience his favor. 
It's not because he sovereignly picks and chooses who he will favor and who he will not. No, it's based upon what the Bible says. There are multiple things that can provoke God's favor. Number one, favor. The only grace that's unmerited was the grace that he sent the Lord Jesus Christ to die for the sins of the world. There's nothing we could have done to force God to do that. He did that of his own accord and by his own decree. By grace are you saved through faith, not by works, lest any man should boast. There's no works we could have done to gain our salvation or to cause God to send Jesus. He chose to because he loved the world. But after Jesus came, grace is merited. Book of James tells us God resists the proud, but what does he do? Gives more grace to the humble. So you want more grace? Humble yourself. That's what the Bible says. Humble yourself and you'll be exalted. If you want greater grace, you need greater humility. That is an action that provokes God's favor upon your life. Humility. Do you know, do you know what else does? I mean, this, this is for the, the Friday crowd that came hungry today, man. I got, I got some stuff for you. Second Peter chapter one, verse two, may grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ, our Lord. So notice what's, what the multiplication is based on your knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ, our Lord. How do you gain knowledge of God or Jesus Christ? It can only be gained from the written word. That's it. Can't be gained any other way. You'll never get something about God from God uh, regarding his character and nature. You're not going to get it from nature by looking at nature. That can show that he exists, Romans chapter 1. But everything that can be known about God is found only in his word. Please put that in the comments. Everything that can be known about God can only be found in the written word. Everything. There's nothing that, that, that can be known about God outside the written word. Because then how would you judge its veracity? How would you judge its truthfulness? If you gain some piece of knowledge about God, what standard could you hold it to if this was not the standard? How would you judge whether or not that's true about God's nature and character if it's not by what he's already revealed to us to be true? You see what I'm saying? That's how you know. I can't go with things that are outside the Bible to determine the character and nature of God or to define it. It has to be from the word. That's why I say that if you want to grow in grace, if you want to grow in favor, then guess what? The Bible says as you grow in the knowledge of God and Jesus Christ. That's this word. Then your grace and peace will be multiplied to you. And I know that's a greeting from Peter to the churches of Asia Minor. I know that, but understand it's true. May grace and peace be multiplied to you. They're no better than us. We're no better than them. They're Christians. We're Christians. And as we gain knowledge of God and the Jesus Christ, our Lord, grace and peace are multiplied to us. You know why? Because you can only fly as high as the revelation of God's word that you have. You'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. If you don't know the truth, you can't be set free in any area. Amen. You can't even be saved unless the gospel's preached to you. You can't just choose to be saved. No person can just choose to be saved. It has to come because faith to be saved comes from the gospel being preached. Romans 10, Romans 1. You understand? So that's how we understand it. 
We have to have the word. And our number one, first dimension, we honor God through our obedience to his written word. If we did just that, can I tell you, that unlocks so much just by itself. Just by itself. What does the Bible say? The Bible says that God will, Psalm 84, 11, God will not withhold any good thing. From who? Those who walk uprightly. What does it mean to walk uprightly? Just obey his word. That's all it means. It's very simple. He'll not withhold any good thing from those who walk uprightly. Amen. Not any good thing. That's the favor that comes upon you from honoring God. Amen. The favor that jumps on your life from honoring God. It's the first dimension. I don't know why we even try to do the others without the first. That is the foundational baseline. I must honor God. I must honor God. Amen. But number two, I want you to see something. We have to honor others. That's the second dimension. And again, not with lip service. I can't stand that shallow uh, way of of dealing with other people. I can't. One of my biggest pet peeves, I was just telling my cousin, cousin this either yesterday or the day before. One of my biggest pet peeves in the world is people that are disingenuous. That everything's like, you know, fake. I can't stand fakeness. You know, if, if, if somebody compliments you, please, as the Victory Tribe, if somebody compliments you, just say thank you and move on. Don't be disingenuous about it because you're awkward about receiving a compliment. If, you know, if I tell somebody, I can't stand telling people, uh, giving somebody a compliment, hey, you look great today. And somebody comes back with some disingenuous thing. I don't know if it's based on insecurity or, hey, brother, I'm just trying to keep up with you. Just trying to keep on your level. Just say thank you and move on. I'm not keeping up to any level. Just say thank you and move on. So that's so fake sounding. Oh, I'm just trying to stay. I'm just trying to keep up with you. I'm just trying to stay on your level. Just say thank you. <laughs> you know, people like don't know what to say when you give them a compliment. Just, just say thanks. <laughs> I'll, I'll compliment people that are like in church. Like, hey, you did, you did a great. <laughs> They're like, hey, you did a great job uh, singing today for praise and worship. Oh, he gets all the glory, man. I'm just a vessel. I'm just a, <laughs> I'm just a vessel being used by the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. His glory is in my life. He gets all the praise. Yes, I gave God thanks for you already. I'm telling you, you did a great job. So just say thank you. You're not stealing God's glory and praise because you said thank you. <laughs> or just say praise God. That's, sometimes I'll, I'll say to people like, man, what a powerful service. Praise God. You know? Uh, you know? <laughs> Danielle said that's how black people say thanks, though. We can't, help, we can't even help it. <laughs> Danielle, when I see you and I say, man, Danielle, you look great. Like, I'm just trying to keep up with you, Pastor <laughs> Please don't do it. Please don't do it. I understand some stuff's cultural, but at the same time, don't, you know what I'm talking about when I talk about fake people, you know, they're just disingenuous. It's it's not even genuine out of their, you know, it's just like there's, you can feel the fakeness on it. I can't stand fakeness. That's the point I'm making. I can't stand fakeness, you know, but no, you have to honor others And, and don't fall into the trap. Don't fall into the trap of just honoring those that you perceive to be above you. Don't fall into that trap. You only honor those that you perceive to be above you. 
Well, that's my, that's my boss. That's my pastor. That's my spiritual father. That's my leader. No. And then you look at people that uh, you think may be on your level or people that you perceive to be under you somehow. You know what I'm talking about? People that you perceive to be under you. And people say, oh, I don't perceive anybody to be under me. Okay. Okay. But you know how people do? People do that. You know, somebody that's not at your level of influence, somebody that's not your age, whatever it might be. Oh, he's just a young, you know. He, so you have to be careful because the Bible commands, commands us to honor. Look at 1 Peter. Go back one book. 1 Peter chapter 2. You talk about a command from the apostle, from the Holy Ghost. Listen to this. 1 Peter 2, 17. Honor everyone, period. That's it. Honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor. Do you see that? Honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor. You see that? That's commands. Those aren't suggestions. Arm. That shirt brings out your eyes. I'm just trying to keep up with you, brother. Amen. Just going to keep on your level, brother. Really does bring out my pupils. Honor everyone. So no, notice, don't just honor Christians. Don't just honor those that are above you. Don't just honor that your boss, your spiritual leader, the president. Don't, don't just honor those. Honor everyone. Honor everyone. Love the brotherhood. Look at Romans 12. This is the one that freaks people out. Because this is a this is a strong call to honor. This is a strong call to honor. Romans chapter twelve. <clears throat> I'm going to read verses nine and ten. Romans twelve, verses nine and ten. This is one that's such a strong command. It makes people take an introspective look of where they've been with their honor, with their personal honor of others. Verse nine, Romans twelve nine. Let Love be genuine, not fake, not disingenuous, genuine. Hate or abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. And then look at this. Outdo one another in showing honor. I already have that highlighted like three times, but I'm going to underline it too. Outdo one another in what? Showing honor. So the, it's like the Bible. You get this uh, command from the Holy Ghost written by the Apostle Paul. It's like the Bible is um, putting a, a competition on this thing. Putting a competition. You know, <clears throat> that's an interesting thought process, isn't it? Did you know that re- relatively recently, uh, psychologists have discovered that because of the way that we think and the way that humans operate, if you gamify something, if you gamify something, it actually pushes people to do more. What do you mean by gamify something? If you look at an app, if you look at uh, even a business that may have a certain kind of uh, gamified thing so that like, uh, well, I'll give you a perfect example. Do you guys remember? There used to be a time where McDonald's did Monopoly and it was on all the cups and the, and the, burger boxes and the, and the fry boxes and you could scratch and peel off your monopoly thing. And then if you got all three properties or all four properties, or you got a free cheeseburger and all that, 
And, and McDonald's have monopoly on the cups, the fry boxes, and the burger boxes. And you'd be like, man, I only need one more of these properties to get this, and I win this, or whatever. And it, well, it keeps people coming back. Keeps people coming back. To be fair, they haven't done Monopoly in a long time, but I've still been going back. But it, they gamify it. And, and when they've noticed something, they've noticed something that when they do that, they gamify things, it pushes people to do more. If you have an Apple Watch, one of the things they introduced is not just the fitness application, where you can uh, log your walks and your jogs and your bicycle rides or whatever you've got, but you can actually, through people that are friends with you on your Apple Watch, you can challenge somebody to a, like a fitness challenge. And then you can see their rings and your rings and you get notified. They closed their rings today and you haven't closed your rings. And what's happened? It's now it's a competition. Now it's a game. I can't let them out, you know, walk me out, jog me out, bicycle ride me out, whatever. And so what happens? The, the, the competition factor of the, the gamified nature of that function, it makes you want to do more. You go out and do more because it's a competition. And we're built like that. We're built uh, with that competition in mind. That's what the Holy Spirit is using right now in this verse. Notice what he says. Uh, Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Which means you can't outdo someone in showing honor unless you're aware of how other people are honoring. You're aware. And I'm going to tell you, one of the things... um, one of the things that I find funny is that I get around these, you know, different men of God and, you know, we go out and we're out to bless people. I mean, we are out to bless. My wife and I, we do our very best. I'm telling you, we'll, 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 I don't care if we have to pull a trick at a restaurant. We'll find a way. I'll send one of the staff. Go get the waitress. Make sure. Yeah, I don't care if the pastor asks for the bill. You make sure we get the bill and, and I'll send them out to the, you know. <laughs> We went to Columbia. This is a funny story. We went to Columbia last year, and I had Alex with me. And uh, we were at this, like, uh, restaurant down, down in, uh, in Bogota, and uh, there was a whole table full of people, and I wanted to pay. So I normally just give Alex my credit card and say, make sure you go and give it to the waitress and you go pay. And I go out, and of course, we're in Bogota, Colombia. <laughs> and he went out, and he's finally waiting. He's like, here, take my card. They were horrified. They looked at him like he was insane, like an insane person, like p- waving his, you know, the credit card around in the restaurant in Bogota. <laughs> they're like, no, no, don't, don't do it. We don't do that. We don't, you know, we don't. They're, they're like, we bring it to your table, and then you, you charge it right there. They were like freaked out. <laughs> they were like, they told Alex, like, what, do you want to die? <laughs> you know, they're trying to die. Alex tried to leave the compound with like his camera and like iPhone. They were like, like three security guys ran up. Like, don't do that. Don't leave the compound with your three thousand dollar camera and your iPhone. You are you trying to die? (laughs) You know, in Bogota, where where they'll ride neck by you on a dirt bike and snatch the stuff right out of your hand as they're as they're riding by. It's like, don't do it. Don't leave. But we're trying to outdo. What are we doing? We're trying to outdo one another in showing honor. It has gotten funny, man. You talk about some competitions to get the bill. <laughs> some serious competition. I have seen it. I have tried to steal people's cards out of the waitress's hand, put my card in. Uh, I'm just telling you, it gets very, very competitive. I saw Carolyn almost come to blows one time with another pastor's wife. 
So it's not just the honor, guys. Just pray for self-control as well. No, I'm telling you, it's like it becomes a big competition. No, I want to bless you. No, I want to bless you. No, I want to I bless you. And I'm just telling you uh, that when you treat it like that, you're looking for opportunities to honor other people. You're looking for opportunities to bless other people, looking for opportunities to do something that shows. And it doesn't, it doesn't have to um, always be financial, but it could be something, you know, whether that's uh, how you speak to them, how you speak about them, what you do on their behalf. I, t- I told you one time we had Pastor uh, Steve Barbie, who was going to be coming to my father's camp meeting and his church, he and his wife and his son, pastor in um, their families in Albemarle, or actually the churches in Oakboro, North Carolina. And um, my, my friend, Pastor Brian Wright, who's down there by, by them, who are, they're also my friends, um, he's in Albemarle, just down the road. And Pastor Steve and Pastor Brian were going to ride to camp meeting together from North Carolina to West Virginia in Pastor Brian's car. Well, they know Pastor Steve likes a good Coca-Cola. And uh, it was kind of, but to honor him, but it was also to make him smile, make him laugh. When they opened the garage door and Pastor Steve came out of the garage, Pastor Brian had rolled out like a red carpet and he was standing there with a, a towel over his arm holding a platter with a, 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 an ice cold Coca-Cola on it for Pastor Steve. You know, and that made, of course, that made him smile, that made him laugh, but he was doing it in order to honor him, in order to honor him. Pastor Steve, and I'm not, I'm not saying this to brag on me, I'm just saying this because we're doing everything we can to be a blessing. We want to honor people. And uh, Pastor Steve is the one, if you've ever heard me tell the story of uh, that time when I was just starting out in evangelism and I picked that guy up and bounced him around the church and that pastor came over to speak to me, that was Pastor Steve. And that's how I met him actually. It's how I first met him. And um, when he was getting ready to retire as pastor of the church and turn the church over to his son, uh, he didn't know this, but Carolyn and I broke away from our schedule and, um, and we made a, a plans to do a surprise visit uh, to the church when they didn't know we were coming and, uh, and bless them and come down and take a, an offering. We brought an offering to be uh, a blessing to them. We wanted to honor them. And then we planned you know, a dinner for them to celebrate their, uh, the transition of the pastor's role from him to his son and you know, took them and other, other ministers and everything went out for... Uh, you know, uh, I don't know if it was Ruth's Chris or Capitol Grill, something like that, and just wanted to go for no other reason. I'm not preaching there. I just want to go and be a blessing. I just want to go and honor. You outdo one another in showing honor. What you do for others, God will make happen for you. What you make happen for others, God will make happen for you. What you make happen for others, God will make happen for you. And so what are we trying to do? We're trying to outdo one another in showing honor. I'm, I'll not be outdone in honoring. I'll not be outdone. I want to honor above and beyond to the highest capacity that I can honor others. But here's the, can I tell you the, the thing that tries to hold people back, the roadblock to honor is familiarity. Put that in the comments. Familiarity is the roadblock to honor. Or you could write, familiarity is an obstacle to honor. And it absolutely is. Familiarity, becoming too familiar with someone, especially those that are trying to pour into your life, it'll actually stop you from being able to receive. Too familiar, too familiar. Always trying to get closer, closer, closer in that way. Don't get so familiar. You have to have 
the ability to receive and honor. If honor's not in place, you can't properly receive. Did you know that happened to Jesus? Mark chapter 6. That happened to Jesus. He went to his own hometown and couldn't do what he wanted to do in that place. Look at this. He went there to do mighty works in his own hometown. What did they say? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary and brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. And Jesus said to them, Mark 6 and verse 4, a prophet is not without honor except in his hometown and among his relatives and in his own household. Cameron said, this is such a huge roadblock. Avoiding the pitfalls of familiarity is an awesome book. Who wrote that book, Cameron? Put put it in the comments. Who's the author of that book? Avoiding the pitfalls of familiarity. Because I'll get it if I don't, unless it's in that box set over there. But if I don't have it, I'm going to get it. A prophet's not without honor. Now we're talking about Jesus. Oh, Dr. Mark Barclay. I'll grab it. Now we're talking about Jesus. Jesus, familiarity short-circuited the ability. That's why as a pastor, I'm not spending all my time every day hanging out with everybody at the church. I love the people of the church, but there's got to be a certain separation. I'm not trying to get super familiar with everybody because there's going to come a time if you drop your guard and you start getting super familiar with everybody and they just start looking at you as common as they did with Jesus, let me tell you, there comes a time where that familiarity breeds contempt and there's a loss of respect and there's a loss of honor and there's a loss of the ability to receive from that leader. So even though you love those people, you still have to be guarded. You still have to keep your authority. You still have to keep a separation because you don't want that kind of familiarity. You don't want that to creep in because it will hurt them from being able to receive. What if I have to deal out a correction? You know, what if I have to correct somebody? What if I have to rebuke somebody? Are they going to receive it from their pastor, who's their spiritual leader? Are they going to say, oh, that's Ted. He's my buddy. No. No. And in honor, you know, we don't, I don't call people, especially to this day, and I'm, I'm going to be 41. I don't call, even my pastor, he's like, oh, he's a minister, I'm a minister too. You know, I, I'll tell you what, what I, don't, I don't know what happened. I just like got caught off guard because I was worshiping. And, uh, and my pastor came out, came out of his office down during the Sunday morning service and, uh, and hugged me. And, and, and I saw him when I turned and gave him a hug and, and without even thinking, like a dummy. You know, he's like, hey, buddy. You know, like, and that, it grieved my spirit to even say, hey, buddy. To, to my, my pastor. It's not my buddy. It's my pastor. It's my pastor. And so after the service, I went up to him. I said, I want to just say, I'm sorry for saying, hey, buddy. Uh, you know, I, I don't, he just caught me off guard. I didn't, I didn't, you know, I would not just, I don't go call him by his first name. Well, he's a preacher. I'm a preacher too. No, I honor him. I honor him. Amen. And so people get all bent out of shape. You know, Alex put out a, uh, a reel on that, and people got their underwear in a twist 
from every state under the sun and other countries. That you don't, you don't, I don't call my pastor by his first name and I'm a pastor myself. And uh, he got this, this, people just come on the, the comments. Oh, that's just pride. You know, can't call your pastor by the first name. It's like, no, it's not pride. It's called honor and respect. Uh, you know, I didn't vote for uh, President Biden, but I'm going to tell you something. If he came in here today while I'm on the broadcast, I'm not going to go, hey, Joe, how things going, Joe? Joey B, what's up? I'm, I'm not going to be some dummy. I'm, I'm going to call him Mr. President. I didn't vote for him, but I'll call him Mr. President. I'll stand and greet him. I don't care who it is. I don't care who it is. You don't get to pick and choose. Doesn't matter to me. But in the same way, if I would do that for a president that stands for things that I fully disagree with and fully stand against, then I'm supposed to show less respect and honor to my pastor? I mean, that's so dumb. And then there's pastors that don't even understand this principle, which is why they operate with no authority, no power. And there's a commenting on that real. I like that my people call me by my first name. It gets into, it's very intimate. Our, our, it's like, okay, g- good luck. They don't understand that the honor factor, it's not about pride. It's not about pride. It's about honor and respect. It's about honor and respect. And people don't get it. And I warned a pastor uh, about this a few years back. And, and, I, and I said, listen, you're not being honored properly. And uh, you need to make sure that people don't have the ability to come in there. They're, they're, they want to take control because they don't honor you. And I gave him some instructions. He's like, oh, no, no, that's not true. I was like, all right, don't listen to me then. It, he was calling me not a, a couple months later. They kicked me out of my church. Oh, really? How did they have the authority to do that? Because they don't honor you. They don't respect you. And you somehow gave them power and authority to kick you out of your own church. He said, well, we're going to start another church. No problem. Started another church. I, t- I gave him the same instructions. I said, don't do the things that I told you not to do in the first place. Don't do them in the second place. He did them anyway. Lost his authority because they didn't have honor. They didn't have respect. The familiarity breeds contempt. And guess what? Second church, they kicked him out of that one. <laughs> Let me tell you a very, uh, a very serious truth. It would be a very cold day in hell. If, that anybody would kick me out of Miracle Word Church. You can't kick, you can't kick me out of Miracle Word Church. <laughs> you can't do it. <laughs> I'm uncancelable. That's not, doesn't mean I don't submit to leadership. I have people. I have people over me. I have a pastor. I have a spiritual father. I have spiritual leaders. I have a board. But you, <laughs> there ain't nobody in the church that's going to kick me out of my church. There's nobody in my church that's going to come in and we're, get, get a vote together. We're going to get a vote. We're voting Pastor Ted out. Sorry. Bye. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. That's not even a scriptural way to set up a church. Joe said, can you say Pastor Ted or is it Pastor Either one, it doesn't matter. But I'm, I'm going to tell you, the, the disciples never voted Jesus out of office. The early church never voted the apostles out of office. It doesn't work that way. Amen. Sadly, I, I just heard a story where another board is just really wanting to uh, control 
everything. That means if, if they can control the man of God, you know what that means? The man, the man of God can hear a word from the Lord about what they're supposed to do. The man of God can get a word from the Holy Ghost. I want you to take the church in this direction and they can't do it because they don't have the authority, the strength of the control because they're not in authority because the people do not properly honor the leader that God's given them. Lack of honor, you know what that brings? Lack of success, lack of growth, lack of strength, lack of resources, lack of miracles, lack of signs, lack of wonders, lack of salvations. That's what you have. Because it's, it's, done it, it, it's done in a way that is not biblical. And it's demonic. As I taught yesterday, the spirit of Antichrist is the one with manipulation and control. That's the spirit that wants to manipulate. That's the spirit that wants to control. So you've got honor. And you can't let familiarity stop your honor. People say, what do you do, Brother Ted, when your parents, the Bible says honor your parents, but they're not even serving the Lord and they do stuff that's against the Bible. They're, they're getting drunk and they're getting high and you, you know, yes, but still honor them. Doesn't mean you have to spend 24 seven with them and let your kids go over there all day long. No, but you still honor them. You still pray for them. You still stand in the gap for them. Amen. I know Nancy. I know it. She said, in the African culture, you never call anyone older than you by their first name, ever. I know that. I know that. It's about what's in your heart. That's what the Bible says. Guard your heart above all else, for out of it flow the issues of life. That's why. Now, I'm, I'm going to talk to you about something very quickly. James 1.26. Look at this. James 1.26. This is why you have to guard even how you talk. Notice what God said. Yes, they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. But Jesus taught, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth will speak. So get this, external honor, we're talking about internal honor, but external honor, it'll come to an end because eventually you'll speak what's in your heart. Listen to James 1.26. If anyone thinks he's religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Bridle your tongue. Bridle your tongue. Uh, the psalmist wrote, Lord, set a watch at my mouth. Set a watch at my mouth. So it's not about, that's why I don't entertain. I don't entertain conversation uh, running down people that I'm connected to, people that I'm submitted to, people that I'm in relationship with. I, I'm not going to sit around and say, oh yeah, you know, I don't, I don't like that. I don't care if you like it or not. I had a guy that came and started talking to me. I don't like, I don't like how your pastor does this. Okay. You know, they had an issue with, with something that my pastor did at a, a camp meeting. I don't, I don't know. I don't like how your pastor does this. I don't like how your pastor does that. All right. I don't care because you obviously have no revelation on it whatsoever. None. And so, you know, I had to sit there and explain, you know why you don't like it? Because you don't understand this. And I pointed things out from the scripture. You don't understand this, this, and this. I'm not going to sit there and go, yeah, you know, I don't agree with everything my pastor does, but you know, I look. No, I'm not entertaining that nonsense about someone who I consider to be my pastor. I don't care what you think. I don't care if you like it or not. I don't care. He has 1,300 people in his church. He's raised up 50 millionaires and millionaire uh, million dollar businesses in this church. He's debt free with millions in the bank. He's seeing people saved every week. He's actually impacting his region. What are you doing? Packed in a little room with 30 people. And I'll tell you, I understand that the, everyone starts somewhere, but you shouldn't stay somewhere. 
And I want you to be very clear about this. And I, I, I don't care. You know, by the way, churches aren't in competition. I'm not in competition. No other church is in competition. We're on the same team doing the work of the Lord. I'm for pastors. I don't want to see any pastor suffer any kind of a, a, a setback. I'm for pastors. And I don't want to hear. That's why in our church, it's part of our honor code. It's part of our culture. Honor is one of the nine things we base Miracle Word Church on. Honor. So I, even in my church, I don't want to hear anybody in my church ever talking about other churches, talking about what's happening. Talk, you know, I don't want to hear that. I have no desire because it's a seed that when it gets planted, then what ends up happening? Then the harvest comes back from that same seed. That's why we nip that stuff in the bud. I don't care to hear about that. Keep your church hurt to yourself. I don't want to hear about that. Honor the person. Guard your mouth. Guard your words. Pray for them. Ask God to help them, even if they did make a mistake. Remember, I've taught this before. Someone can commit an offense, but then it's your choice whether or not to be offended. Somebody can commit an offense, but it's then your choice whether or not to be offended. And you've got to just, don't, don't go talking about people all over town. Don't go causing division and strife and problems. Pray for them. Even if they did do something that was against the scripture, still pray for them. Still ask God, Lord, touch their heart. Lord, show them, let them change. I pray in Jesus' name. Lord, bless them abundantly. Bless their ministry. Bless their family. Let their church, whatever. But you see people, they run all over the place, all over the nation. All over the nation, bashing other Christians, bashing other. No. We're not in competition. We're working together for the harvest to be reaped. Amen. Amen. I can't imagine even being like this. There's pastors that do. But I can't imagine coming to West Palm Beach. And, and then like, you know, my, my goal for church growth is like draining other people's churches. I have no desire to drain, I want their churches to grow and I want our church to grow. There's enough unsaved people in West Palm Beach to fill every church and still not have enough room. There's 115 some thousand people in West Palm Beach. <laughs> There's not enough churches to hold all those unsaved people if they got saved. There's not enough buildings. He's like, somebody asked, somebody asked me, you know, uh, do you really think West Palm Beach needs another church? Yes, I do. That's why I started one. That's why I started one because, uh, there are so many unsaved people that we need people. We need workers in the harvest field. That's what we need. That's what we need and honor. Hear what I'm saying. Honor. It begins in your heart, but it's facilitated by your lips and it's facilitated by what you do in your life. I honor others. There's other pastors in West Palm beach. I'm already in contact with them. I'm already in contact with them. I'm already talking to them. Because I'm not the only pastor in West Palm Beach. There's other, and I, and I don't mean I'm just not the other pastor. I'm not the only Pentecostal pastor. I'm not the only uh, word of faith charismatic pastor. I've already talked to multiple other pastors in West Palm Beach. Because I'm not going to be that guy that moves into town thinking he's the only one that's got it right in the city. If you really want to move a God, you come to Miracle Word Church. That's where the power is. No, there's other churches where the power is functioning. There's other churches where the word's going forth. There's other churches where the harvest is being reaped. I'm not the only one. I'm not the only one. And I'm not looking to see people fail. I'm not looking to see people have setbacks. Why? I honor them. I love them. I want to see them do well. 
Whether or not they do is on them. I can't control people, but I want to see them do well. I want to see them flourish. I want the kingdom of God to flourish in West Palm Beach and around this nation. But see, that's honor. Go around, yeah, they, they can't do this. I, this, if you want, that's why I'm not going to ever, you're never going to hear me say, West, you know, in West Palm Beach, miracle word, church is the church you need to be. Listen, it may not be. The Lord may call you to another one. You know, there's enough churches and there's enough people. There's enough unsaved people for all the churches and more. But I can't, I can't take it when people start dishonoring others, dishonoring others, dishonoring, dishonoring leadership. They can't submit to authority. They've got an unbridled spirit because they don't have honor and they don't have self-control. So they run all over the place dishonoring everybody because the first time they get corrected about something, I've got church hurt. You don't have church hurt. You have an unbridled spirit with pride and you can't be corrected. And that's why when you get corrected, you run to other churches. And that's what happens to people. Now there is, there is real church hurt. I get that. But for most people, they don't want to be told. They don't want to have to live according to a standard. And that's the flesh that rises up. You have to control it by the power of the Holy Ghost. You have to control it. And honor says, Lord, I humble myself. I'll honor your word. I'll honor the men of God. I'll honor the church. I'll honor them. And that's what you do. You honor God first, then you honor others. But then finally, you honor yourself. You say, what does it mean to honor yourself? Think of, the, think of how important you are in the kingdom. I'll finish with this. Think of how important you are in the kingdom. You're very important. Every person you're watching me, you're very important, very important. And the apostle Paul, he was very clear about how important people in the kingdom are. Yes, we all have different jobs. Yes, we're all doing different things. But at the same time, we're all part of the same body. Christ is the body. We're all members in particular. That's why he said, don't be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. Second Corinthians chapter six. Why? Because there's no relationship between Christ and the devil, light and darkness, Right? There's no, the temple of God and idols. There's no relationship there. We're separated. We're different. So don't be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. And then he begins to talk about the body. Just because you have eyes doesn't mean you don't need ears. Just because you have a nose doesn't mean you don't need a mouth. We need all of it. We need all of it. I need my fingers, my hands, and my feet and toes. I don't just need one of them. I need them both. And that's how it is in the body. I need you and you need me. And we need each other, all of us. Why? We all do different things. And we're all vitally important in the kingdom. So don't let the devil lie to you that you're not important, that you don't have value, so that you look at yourself and say, yeah, it doesn't matter what I do anyway because I'm not that important. No, you are important. People, listen to what I'm saying when I say honor yourself. It's not pride. People who believe that they're not important, people that believe they're not valuable, you know what happens? They let people talk to them like they're not valuable. They, they live and make decisions like they're not valuable. They treat their body like it's not valuable. Have you ever had to deal with somebody that grew up with 
uh, no support system that, had, that grew up being told they were nothing, that grew up being either abused verbally, physically, whatever, and they get up to become adults and they have a very, very low view of themselves, very low view of themselves, and then they have this, they have this opinion like, well, you know, I'm not important. And, and then they let people walk all over them and talk to them anyway and treat them anyway because they believe, well, that's, I, that's what I deserve because I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm nothing. That's a lie from the devil. You're important. You're essential. You're vital. And that's why you have to have a mindset of who you are in Christ. If you don't, you'll miss your value. You'll miss who God created you to be. And then all of a sudden you let anything come. You say, well, I just, yeah, it's just my portion because you know, I'm not that, you know, I'm not that big of a, no, you are a big deal. You are important. If you weren't, then why would the Lord give you the Holy Spirit? Why would he use you to place the Holy Spirit as, why would he use your body as his temple? If you weren't vital, if you weren't essential, if you didn't have value, remember something. It's not your flesh that gives you value. It's what's in you that gives you value. Let me read this and then we'll pray. Uh, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 7. 2 Corinthians 4, 7. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. Notice that. We have this treasure in jars of clay. Who are the jars of clay? Our bodies, us. We're the jars of clay. What's the treasure? The Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost that's in us. The Holy Ghost that is in us. Hallelujah. And we've got a spirit of faith. Glory to God. We've got a spirit of faith. But the same spirit that raised Christ up from the dead lives in your body. Lives in your body. And I, you know, this comes down to everything. Studying to show yourself approved. Preparing yourself for your calling. Taking care of your physical body. Not letting your physical body just run you everywhere and, and get out of whack. Letting your physical body just go overboard. People don't care about their body anymore. They just don't care whether they're healthy or not because they, they just don't see value in themselves. No. It's like if you're the CEO of a Fortune 500 company, you better believe there's people all around you making sure that you're healthy, that you're strong, that you're ready to go. You've got stock, you got shareholders depending on your decisions. You've got billions of dollars. You better believe they're keeping an eye on you. Why? You're valuable. You're an important member of the team. Same with you. Don't let your mind get out of whack because you're unrestrained because you don't see value in your purpose. Don't let your body get out of whack. Don't let, you know, don't let your relationships get out of whack. Don't let your finances get out of whack. Don't let your peace get out of whack because you don't see value in yourself. See value in who you are and act accordingly. Because you are important, so act accordingly. We need you around on the earth for a long time. So don't eat yourself into an early grave. Don't not exercise yourself into an early grave. Don't put yourself under a mountain of debt to where you can't do anything God tells you to do. You're important. You're vital. Act accordingly. Act accordingly. You've got to honor yourself in that way because the Holy Spirit wants to use you. So don't dishonor yourself don't dishonor yourself. Be ready at all times for, to be prepared and set apart for every good work. Every good work. Vessel of gold and silver, not wood and clay. Useful for the master at any point in time. You're vital. 
You're important. Hear what this preacher is saying today. Don't let the devil lie to you and make you feel as though you don't have value. It's a lie. First, honor God, honor others, honor yourself, understanding my life makes a massive impact. Whether you think it or not, speak it out of your mouth. I'm important. God called me. He filled me. He has anointed me. He's using me for his glory. And you are making an impact in the kingdom. And you're going to make a greater impact in Jesus' mighty name. Best days are ahead. Father, I'm praying for your people today. Let this culture of honor so overtake us in the name of Jesus Christ that we guard our mouths, we guard our hearts, we won't even entertain those thoughts about others. It won't even entertain it. We don't gossip, we don't uh, spread lies, and we don't, spread, we don't bear false witness as the, as the word of God said. We refuse to let it come out of our mouth. We refuse to let it come into our hearts. We guard our ears. I refuse to listen. I refuse to listen to people that are offended about others and listen to them spread. No, I honor others. We honor you first, Lord. Others, we honor ourselves, who you've made us to be. We ask you, Lord, give us a greater impact than we've ever had in these final moments of time. Don't let us miss out on blessing. Don't let us miss out on increase because we don't honor. But by the power of your spirit, give us an urgency to walk in love and to walk in honor by the power of the Holy Ghost. And we thank you, Lord, the blessings will flow. The blessings will flow in Jesus' name. This is, this is what I've told you about even in your giving. I want to give you a chance to give on this Friday. This is what I've been talking about in your giving, that the honor has to be a, a principle attached to your giving. When I give something to God, it has to be something that honors God. So how do I know if it honors God? It, it, it can't, the way that I know, it can't be something that I give him that doesn't mean anything to me. You know, at this point in my life, if I, if I just went and gave God $5, $100, it's, it, it's not going to mean anything. It's not going to mean anything to me. I could give God $100. It doesn't move me. It doesn't move my faith. You know what I mean? You're, you're there. You're, you're in that place where there's, there's things you give. It doesn't move your faith. You could do it without even thinking about it. So what does that mean? What I do give God, it has to honor him because, man, this is valuable to me. This means something to me. This means something to me. When I give this to God right now, this means something to me. This means something to me. I'm thinking about this. I gave away, recently I gave away three different watches. And if you know me, I'm a, though I'm not wearing one this morning, I am a watch guy. It came from my grandfather. I just, I, I like watches. I enjoy them a lot. And I've given them for so many years. God just keeps blessing me with nicer, nicer ones. And um, there was one watch that had been given to me by a man of God that meant a lot to me because the man of God gave it to me. And it was a harvest on a seed that I had just sown. I mean, moments before, moments before. But that watch was not just an expensive watch. It also had sentimental value because that man of God gave it to me. But I was with another younger evangelist who, who was with me. And I felt in my spirit, I knew I was supposed to give him, I was supposed to give him that watch. So I took it off and I gave it to him. I said, I, I, I want you to have this. Now, for me, it's not like flippant. Like, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not like a, a Casio from Walmart. You know what I mean? First of all, it is thousands of dollars for the watch, but also add on top of that the sentimental value of a man of God that I love very much. Gave it to me. I gave it to him. When the Lord spoke that, I said, when I give this seed, it's going to be meaningful. 
that has honor attached to it because this means something to me. This means something to me. And I showed it, but it's a seat of honor. It takes faith, yeah, but it takes honor because it's value, it's something that means something to me. David said that, I'll not give God something that costs me nothing. I refuse to. Gave away another one. Something that I'd been searching for for a long time, couldn't find it, found it online, got it, but then I had it. And I was with, I was with, with, with a, another guy and the Lord said, I want you to take that off. I want you to give it to that guy. It's like, man, I've been searching this for a long time. This is the one I wanted. This is the one I finally found it. Finally got it. It meant something to me. I'd been searching for that specific one and finally had gotten it. Took it off. Gave it to that guy. I said, no, I want you to have this. I want you, I want you to have this. Are you serious? Yes. That I took honor. Why? Because it's valuable to me. It means something to me. It has to mean something to me if it's going to mean something to God has to. That's the honor connection. Yes, there's faith attached to our giving, but there's got to be honor attached to our giving. David showed us that. David showed us that. Had another one. And this one, gorgeous, gorgeous. Somebody had actually run up. I had just sewn a watch. I had just sewn a watch and it was really nice, but I was getting ready to start a service and and a guy ran up on the platform and said, I can't let you even start. I have to give this to you. I have to give this, I have to get this in your hands. Ran up and put it in my hands. Beautiful, beautiful watch. I mean, I really, really, really liked it. Beautiful. Probably six, $7,000 watch. Just handed it to me. Beautiful. In the box, papers, everything. Like it was new. And then I was with another guy. And the Lord said, I want you to give that to him and let him know that there's nothing the world could do for him that I can't do more for him. And his business... Yeah, that uh, for the salesmen that worked for their business, the watch was a Breitling. The, the salesmen that worked for their business, if they get to a certain level of sales, then the business buys that salesman a Breitling. But it's a, it was a lesser one, worth less money and, um, and everything. And when he, when he told that, I heard the Lord say, you go get the much more expensive Breitling and you give it to him with this message that the world will never do something for him that I'll not do much more for him. And so I went and got it and brought it out and handed it to him. Are you serious? Give it, yeah, I'm giving it to you with this message from the Lord. Now for me, that, that was dear to me. Not only, that was another man of God that gave me that, that he means something to me. It, was, it, it touched my heart that he blessed me with it. But the Lord said, you release it with a message. Well, that takes, it takes honor in your giving. Because when you release something that means something to you, it takes honor to do that. It takes honor to do that. Yes, it takes faith, but it's got honor attached to it. I will not give God something that means nothing to me. I won't do it. I won't do it. I'll never let an offering bucket go by or walk down to an offering plate and drop some meaningless offering into God. It lets God know what I think of him. That's how I look at it. It lets God know what I think of him. That's why I read that scripture to you today. Those that esteem me lightly, I'll esteem them lightly. But those who honor me, I will honor. I do that even in my giving. And say, Lord, in Jesus' name, I'm giving you something. This means something to me. This means something to me. Amen. And I'm telling you, today, as you get ready to sow your seed on this Friday, ask the Lord, Lord, what is it that means something to me? That as I sow it, this there's honor attached to it. There's honor attached to it. And it'll bring a harvest to me that is supernatural.
Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.